Welcome to Sisters Inc., our podcast for and about Black women business owners, brought to you by Black Enterprise. I'm your host, Elisa Gums. Black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America. And on every episode of Sisters Inc., we'll sit down with one successful CEO and share how she slays the challenges of being a Black woman in business. Today's episode is all about swimming with the sharks. We're chatting with Dr. Anika Goodwin, a board-certified eye doctor and the founder and CEO of Opulence MD Beauty, a luxury beauty company specializing in lash extensions that were developed with eye health in mind. In April, she appeared on ABC's hit show Shark Tank and walked away with a $100,000 deal. And now she's here to tell us all about it. Welcome to Sisters Inc. Anika, and thanks so much for sitting down with us. Thank you for having me, Elisa. I'm excited to be here. Well, first, I have to tell everyone that long before I had the honor of calling you a guest on my podcast, I had the honor of calling you Big Sister because we go all the way back to 1995 to the (laughs) campus of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and to that knockout Kappa Omicron chapter of Delta Sigma Theta. So I have long known that you were all about your business. And I am not at all surprised by your success, but I'm still so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Kale puts out winners and there's nothing like being a Tar Heel. Yes. So one of the sharks said on the show that what's unique about the company is you and the expertise you bring. Tell us how and why you came to start the company. I'm a Lashanista. That's really how this all started. It's amazing. People think that coming up with an idea for a business or creating a business is difficult. No, it's not. It's solving a problem. And sometimes it's your own problem that you're solving. So I love lashes. I'm not a huge makeup person, never have been, um, but there's something about a good lip and some lashes that will take you a long, long way. And so I was an individual lash extensions wearer for years and years and years and years, because in my mind, it looked the most natural. It was the easiest thing. I didn't have to do it because I'm not a makeup person. Um, And so that was my, um, my drug of choice, if you will. But uh, life changes, work changes. I started to travel more for work. And once that happened, it was very, very difficult for me to get in for my appointments. Because if you're an individual lash extensions wearer, you know, you got to get them things filled in. And so it became very difficult. Um, And so I had to let them go. And once I let them go, I realized, number one, that it really gave me confidence. Having that little extra oomph um, made a difference in how I showed up, how I presented. Um, And number two, that my lashes were badly damaged over time. It took, um, it took, I'm a whole eye doctor, but it took seeing it for myself to really realize that that glue is damaging. And so in my pursuit of finding another way to have my beloved lashes, um, I created Opulence MD Beauty because there were other professional women out there just like me who wanted an easy option, a safe option, one they could do themselves at home in minutes. At the time you went on the show, you were still a young company. You'd only been in business for just over six months, but you were already profitable, um, having done, as you said on the show, more than half a million in sales. Why did you want to go on Shark Tank? It was a dream. It was a dream. I'm not a huge TV person, but I don't miss Shark Tank. My Alexa goes off at 7.55. Sorry, Alexa. (laughs) I love it. Alexa wants to be on the podcast too. 
she's like, I'm here waiting for you. Just wait and tell me what you need. But um, she goes off every Friday to remind me about Shark Tank. Um, and I just have always been a fan of the show. I wanted to be on there before I had a business. I wanted, I just felt like that was a part of my journey. Um, and so when the opportunity came to me to apply, I was like, this is it, this is it. And, and I knew even going through the process, I was like, this is my time. This didn't happen by chance. This is my time. So um, I went through the entire process and it is a long process. Um, I taped, you tape and you don't know if you're going to actually air. And when they told me I was going to air, it was just, it was one of the most exciting days of my life. It really was. Um, it was an, an amazing experience. Um, it allowed me to learn so much about my business. Um, there's one thing to be a business owner, a CEO, um, but I don't think you really step into that title until you know your business inside out. I knew my numbers inside out. I knew what the numbers meant. So it's not just a matter of memorizing numbers. I knew what those numbers meant. I knew what that meant for the health of, of my business and the growth potential of my business. And it made me a stronger CEO. And so I'm so thankful that um, I had that opportunity. So what was the application process like for you? So um, a producer reached out to me, actually. You can enter this process several different ways. You can go to a live casting. You can apply online. A producer reached out to me and I actually missed the phone call and I'm terrible with voicemails. And so I'm ashamed to say they reached out to me and I didn't get it like days later and I was mortified. I called him back. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I missed you. But um you start with a, a meeting with one of the producers and they just talk to you about your business. And I think what they are getting a feel for, because as I went through the process, I learned this, they're getting a feel for your personality because they want personality. They don't just want business owners. So they want to hear that you're excited about your business. Um, and after that call, they let you get into the initial applications process. And so you start to fill out this application where I'm surprised they didn't want one of my fingerprints and blood kind of thing. It wanted everything about me ever. Um, it takes some time to pull together. You have to have, it, it, it's very advantageous to have a good team because there were some parts of the application my accountant could best fill out and some parts my attorney could best speak to. And so I can't, um, overstate the importance of trying to get those key roles filled because it helped me create my application in such a way that it was as strong as it could be. Um, once I did that, I had to submit a 10 minute video talking about my company. And then that all got submitted. And then you basically either finish the process there or go on to the shorter list. After that, I had to create another five minute video, a little bit more paperwork, um, lots of interviews like this with the producers. And um, finally, you just, you get the call where, okay, I want you to start working on a pitch. You're not guaranteed to go yet, but I want you to start working on a pitch. And you know that you're on that really short list at that point. So worked on a pitch, um, worked with the producers and got the amazing email that said, you will be leaving on this date to go and film. And like I said, I show up to win. And so I knew, I said, they say you won't air, but I'm airing. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving them all they came for. <laughs> so that was kind of my attitude all the way through. I was like, I'm, I'm not coming this far to, to not take full advantage of this opportunity. So from the outfit to the hair, to which lash I was going to wear, the, everything was scripted because I intended to be having a watch party somewhere. 
And you did. Yes, I did. <laughs> you mentioned that going on the show made you a better CEO because you, you know, learned your business inside and out. Um, what was your preparation process like as far as that's concerned? Um, I believe in hiring coaches. I really do um, in all aspects of life and business. And so I hired a business consultant who basically walked me through where my business started, where I'd come, what the trends were showing, how to forecast where we would be in a year and two years, um, understanding um, my cost, what costs were involved in acquiring my customers, what the value of my customers were over the lifetime of, of the business, all of these intricacies. Um, when you watch Shark Tank, you see these little blurbs and these short answers that people give because the judges ask a lot of the same questions. And I know this because I watched every single episode before I went on and I had a list of questions and the same ones keep coming up, but it's more than just being able to do that calculation. It's an, it's an understanding of it. Um, and so the business consultant had me ready. Um, I knew how many visits my site got in a day, in a week, in a month, all the minutiae um, was important because you didn't know what they were going to come out with for you and you wanted to be ready. I know that you're also in a business mastermind group with another Shark Tank alum. What was the most helpful piece of advice you got before you went on the show? To make, don't make it just about the business and being a CEO, really go into character, show them your personality. Don't be reserved in that moment. That's not the moment to be reserved because as much as they want a good business, they want a good story. So don't be afraid to share your, your whys and your what's and the things that brought you to that point, um, that's the time to, to really be an open book. And that was important because I think that was the difference between me and some other people who had amazing businesses, but didn't have that story that America made America feel good. And, and that was important for you. One of the things I thought while I was watching is how very vulnerable you were being on the show. You know, you were talking about not just your journey as an eye doctor who makes this product for eyes, which is important, but you were also talking about your parents and your personal life. Uh, was that difficult for you? I think the only difficult part was not crying and I lost that battle at the end. <laughs> um, my journey is, was real and I still have a lot of emotion around it. And so I knew I needed to share it because it was such a key portion of my why and what drove me when it was hard and things like that. Um, but I didn't want to be a, crying and blubbering on TV. So I was proud of myself that I was able to share it in such a way that I could connect with the sharks and with the audience, but I could also uh, maintain my composure because that was what I wanted to present. So putting a deal, any deal aside, um, going on Shark Tank is a rare opportunity to get that level of exposure. Uh, you created a video for social media afterwards to talk about what it was like, and you called it, quote, absolute chaos <laughs> after the show aired. You had 11,000 people in your online store while the show was on. You were getting 1,000 emails a day in the month after the show and all of that translated to 6,000 orders the weekend it aired and 16,000 orders that month. Yes. So leading up to the show airing, 
what did you do in advance to maximize your 15 minutes of fame and to make sure the company would be positioned to take advantage of it? This was, again, the strength of being in a mastermind where I had a Shark Tank alum creating connections on the set that day. So there were six of us who all went down at the same time, sitting in the holding area, waiting to film. And I took full advantage of this time. I met people, I talked to them. And so there were um, two people who aired, uh, yes, who actually physically aired before my episode aired. And so I was then able to reach out to them and say, how are you preparing? How, you know, what is the aftermath like? And those things allowed me to be as prepared as best as I could for what was total chaos, honestly. Um, so talking to people, um, my business consultant was really critical in that and making sure that we had the things in place for, for what we thought we were going to see, because I had been told to expect a total of 8,000 to 10,000 orders and we got 16. So I think at, at some level, you can only prepare so much. Um, the rest is just up to the universe. <laughs> You're just going to have to deal with what it sends. Um, but I, I did a lot of networking, a lot of talking to people who've been there um, and to people who run really busy businesses that have scaled to a high level um, to know how they manage their orders and that volume from day to day. And so what were some of like the tangible logistical things you put into place? Because I know you did some hiring and training and, you know, a lot of work on order fulfillment. I did. So um, thank God for family. My husband's family really chipped in, family and friends, because my fulfillment center is in his hometown. So we had lots of family and friends. We had people prepping lashes to be fulfilled. We had people fulfilling orders. We had people literally just sealing orders. We created somewhat of uh, an assembly line, if you would, where everybody had a role. I had some of my family from South Carolina come down, literally spend a weekend or a few days here also to help. I shored up my customer service because um, I, the type of product I have is one where people have questions and they need assistance. So I hired additional customer service representatives. Um, I made sure that my site, um, I had some developers working on my site to make sure it could handle the traffic that would be coming through. Um, Shopify, thank goodness, um, has had many Shark Tank alums on there. And so um, I upgraded my system to be able to handle that. Um, just all the things I tried to maximize on the PR part of it by having a publicist in place who was doing the um, the press releases and getting the TV interviews. I just tried to have my team as prepared as possible to maximize that 15 minutes of fame because I knew it would be so critical in the long term for my business. Well, you did walk away with the deal on the show. You went in looking for a $75,000 investment for a 5% stake in the company. And you said that, of course, you wanted the money, but what you really wanted was help with the back end. And so you ended up negotiating with Kendra Scott for a $100,000 deal for 20% stake. Tell me about your decision to take that particular deal. It's funny because um, one of the things that the producers tell you before you actually get to the show is, what sharks will be there? So, you know, there are six sharks, but there are five seats. And so at any given time, one of the sharks, usually either Barbara or Robert or um, Damon are not there. So Kevin and Mark and Lori are the, like the, the pillars. They're usually there. Um, and so I didn't know Kendra was going to be there. I've been told 
that it was going to be Robert in Kendra's seat. Well, Robert had something come up at the last minute and I literally didn't find out until I landed in Vegas that there was a guest shark and I didn't find out to the next day that it was Kendra. And I'm ashamed to say, I didn't know who Kendra Scott was. I'm not like that big into jewelry usually. And so I didn't know who she was. I had spent time beforehand in my preparation learning about every shark that was going to be sitting there. I knew all of their prior deals company. I knew all of those things, but I knew nothing about Kendra Scott. So I set out to research and figure out what she would bring, what element she'd bring to the show. And I will tell you, as soon as I started doing that, I said, I see you, God, this is my person. She's here for me Um, because so much of what I believe and what I want to represent in my business was very much in tune to how she shows up in hers. And I counted it as a blessing. I honestly knew going in that she was who I wanted. And so you were ready to negotiate on on new terms. Um, That was the actual filming in September 2020. Mm -hmm. So it's been over a year now. Um, And after the show, there's a long period of due diligence. Um, Many viewers don't realize that some of the deals never actually happen. What has post-show been like for you? So I was thankful for that dead space because of the sales. I really needed to focus on the business. I really couldn't be bothered with the deal, to be honest with you. (laughs) I needed to get the business through that very difficult period. Um, And Kendra was going through some things in her life and her business. She stepped down as a CEO. um, So there were some things going on for her. And I think that that worked out well. We've just kind of worked in parallel to get things where they needed to be for each of our own businesses. Um, But I am so proud to say we closed the deal in September. Um, we have started to meet, uh, Kendra and I have of course spoken, we've started to meet, our teams have started to meet, we have so much synergy um, that I get goosebumps um, just talking about it and the things that we want to do together, um, how we want to go about some philanthropic um, um, ideas and having some events that are going to really benefit people outside of just lashes and jewelry. So I am, I'm super excited about what lies ahead. Um, It was definitely worth giving up a piece of my baby because that was my biggest thing was I, I wanted to be really, really feel good, feel good about who I was giving a piece of my company to. And I don't think there was a better partner for me. That's amazing news to hear because, um, you know, at this point in their stage of company, so many entrepreneurs tell me that that is like their biggest hesitation. They want to grow. um, They need money to grow, but they are very, very leery of giving up equity in their company in order to be able to do that. And it's like, you know, what cost does that money come with? And it sounds for you like this is really something where um, you don't have any regrets even one year later. None at all. And I've lived by one of the things Mark says it on the show. He says, you can have a hundred percent of a grape or you can have 80% of a watermelon. And I'm not building a grape. I'm building a watermelon that won the state fair first prize kind of watermelon. And so um, I looked at it that way. I really looked at it that way. Um, Do I want to reach more people or do I just want to have something that I can say is mine? And I want it to reach more people. 
So now that you're a Shark Tank success story, what is your advice, advice for other entrepreneurs who are either considering Shark Tank or maybe another reality television show as a way to grow their business? Concentrate on getting your business out there, um, whether it be Facebook ads, whether it be showing up on lives, because Shark Tank actually stalks some businesses. And so if your business is not seen and not known, it's not going to be on their radar. It's not to say that you can't go through the other process, but many times they go into a season with some businesses already on the short list. So get your business out there. Be very intentional about that. Um, I would also say, make sure you're building your business on a good foundation. So sometimes people just start selling stuff. They don't, they haven't set up an entity. They have not, you know, you don't have an EIN. You don't have your business bank account separate from your, make sure you're creating something that is able to be invested in. Because if it's a whole mess, if your books are a mess, if you don't have a, an accountant, or if you're not keeping your own books up, you have created an entity that it may be amazing, but nobody can invest in that or will. Uh, so make sure you're doing things right. Focus on the bottom line and make sure you have a business that's profitable and not just something, a hobby, I like to call it, um, because people are only interested in profitable businesses. So if you focus on those things and you create a good business, then even if it's not Shark Tank, you may attract the attention of other potential investors. I will tell you, if you are doing the things you're supposed to do on places like LinkedIn, um, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, there are people who literally troll those platforms looking for the next big thing. So just make sure you're, you're showing up in a good way. And I think the doors open for whether it be Shark Tank or any opportunity for someone who might want to come in and invest or acquire your company, because that's also uh, something that happens. It sounds like somebody's DMs are blowing up over there. That's <laughs> what it sounds like to me. <laughs> I, will, I will tell you that um, I go into a few things not thinking three, four, five steps ahead. And so um, I was planning my exit by the time the company was a year old and, and showed promise. And so if you're wise, then you're always thinking about that. It doesn't mean it's a definite. It just means that you're open to what the universe brings. Well, a year post-filming, a few months now post-closing the deal. Tell us how the company is doing and what's up next for Opulence MD Beauty. After coming off the chaos of Shark Tank, everything else feels slow, I'll tell you. But we're doing, <laughs> the company is doing really, really well. It just feels like we came to a screeching halt, um, which is wonderful. So we're right now working on a big launch, a big surprise for 2022. Um, Opulence and Beauty will be going vegan. I wasn't willing to do that willy nilly. Um, some people may know that I had a lot of pressure from PETA after Shark Tank. I mean, I was getting heckled and trolled and all of these things on all of the platforms. Let's tell everybody first that you do mink lashes. I they, do. Right. Lashes. So that's why it's a big deal that you're going vegan. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you are primarily mink. And, and there's there's a reason. It's not just because I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I want to do mink. Mink is the lightest material available. Anything else synthetic is going to be heavier on the lids. And that's one of the promises that my brand makes is we want to have the least weight 
of any lash on your eyelids. And so uh, once PETA start, I was on their radar um, and they started to heckle. It wasn't, I, I couldn't just back down and say, okay, no more mink because I had made a promise to my customer base and I had to be true to them. And so I did start to, to work on some other things. And um, in 2022, I have found the material that is as light as mink more durable than mink, completely biodegradable, and um, will not disappoint my longtime customers as far as the, the weight, the, the look, the feel of the lashes. Um, and so Eco Lashes will be coming in on 2022. I love it. Eco, <laughs> yes, we're going sustainable in 2022. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So um, I'm excited about that. And it in addition to trying to prepare for the busiest shopping time of the season, uh, we are also looking ahead um, to preparing for that launch. Uh, we also have skincare launching. Um, it will be a part of our Black Friday offering. So keep your eyes open for that because the numbers will be limited. Um, I am focused strictly on eyelid skin because that is what I know. And so we will have a three product series called Awake, Asleep and Away making it super easy for people to be able to know when do I use this um, and the things that it addresses is for all age groups is for people who want to um, prevent aging It's also for people who want to address the aging that their eyelid skin has already undergone. Well, thank you so much, Anika, for sharing your small business success story. Everyone out there, please take a look at the company website opulencemdbeauty.com and you can also follow them on social media at Opulent Lash Life. Check out the podcast channel on blackenterprise.com to find Sisters Inc. and other podcasts from Black Enterprise experts, writers, and contributors. Be sure to subscribe to Sisters Inc. on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube. And if you like what you hear, show us a little love by leaving a five-star review or put a sister on by spreading the word. This is Elisa Gums with Sisters Inc. for Black Enterprise. Thank you for listening. <laughs>